Chair Detective. Hi, I'm Rebecca. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. Okay, I'm scared. I would just like to preface that um, I don't want anyone to hate me because I picked this case. I could never. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to tell you about the tragic and highly publicized murder of Lacey Peterson. And I know a lot of people have a lot of feelings about this case. (laughs) Rebecca. (laughs) So I just ask that you bear with me as I go through this. Before you start, I just want to say, I have chosen not to be violent today. (laughs) I am going to come into this like I have never heard any of this before. And it will be your job to convince me one way or another. I'm trying to, I'm trying this out, this nonviolent thing. So new year, new me. <laughs> yeah. Even though last week it didn't really work out that well, but now I've realized my mistakes. So <laughs> no, it's we're passionate and I'm going to try to be neutral up until the end. Okay. And then even then I'm not trying to convince anybody. Right. Everyone's, uh, you know, everyone's. I want to, I want to be convinced. That's the only, that's the only aggressive thing that I'm going to say is I want to be convinced. Give it well, to me. And then at the I end, I'm going to be like, so. <laughs> Tune in next week for part two of my actual opinion. Yeah. Okay. So this case starts in 1994 when then Lacey Roca um, was attending California Polytechnic State University. Uh, she was an ornamental horticulture major what is that I had never heard of it so I googled it I just pictured like Neville Longbottom honestly like he was gonna right um right so according to google um people with that degree can have careers in nursery management retail garden centers landscape design installation and maintenance arboretum and botanic gardens arboriculture whatever that word is interior landscaping education and research Uh, so was the first page of your uh research just all that yes just what is her major yeah Um, and I think she was interested it to go into like something in this field because um when she was younger her parents owned a dairy farm and um, on that farm her and her mother would do a lot of like gardening so I think she like really got like interested in this field because of that. Um, and when while she was attending school, Lacey would sometimes visit a friend who worked at a local restaurant. It was at this restaurant where she would meet her future husband, Scott Peterson. Lacey was actually the one who made the first move. Um, she gave him her phone number. And after meeting up with him, she called her mother and said that she had just met the man she would marry. Um, their first date was reportedly a deep sea fishing trip. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Red yeah, flag. and Lacey ended up getting really seasick. Oh, so, so Scott like a had... fishing trip and she's throwing up all the time. Love yeah. that for a first date. Right, very romantic. 
Um, Scott had dreams of becoming a professional golfer, but when he and Lacey started to get more serious, he decided that he should really focus on something more practical, like a business career. So after two years of dating, the couple moved in together. And in 1997, they got married and Scott was finishing up his degree in agricultural business. Um, Soon after that, the couple actually opened up a bar that became pretty successful, um, but they ended up selling it in 2001 uh, because they wanted to move back to Lacey's hometown of Modesto, California. So after they moved back, Lacey, she took a job as a substitute teacher and Scott started working for Trade Corp USA, which was like a fertilizer company. Lacey was really loving this new like family oriented life that her and Scott were creating. Um, Her mother and her sister said that she worked really hard to be like the perfect housewife and was really loving like cooking and entertaining. And she was so excited to tell her family in 2002 that she was pregnant with a little boy due in February. So life continued on seemingly normal for the couple until Christmas Eve of 2002. According to Scott, the couple woke up that morning, ate breakfast, watched some TV together until about 9.30 when Scott left to go fishing at the Berkeley Marina, which was about an hour and a half from their home. So Lacey had plans to finish watching uh, her cooking show, do some cleaning around the house, make some cookies, and take their dog for a walk before going to her parents' house later that evening. When Scott left the house, he drove to his warehouse, which was near the marina, um, to send a few work emails and then to retrieve his boat. All of this can be confirmed with like timestamps and receipts from the marina. And according to Scott, after about an hour and a half of fishing, he returned his boat to the warehouse and went home. Um, He also like, they found a, um, like a voicemail on the landline phone where he was like, hey, I'm on my way home. And that was around like 2.30 or 2.15, I think. Um, So when he got home, he noticed that Lacey wasn't there, but he figured that she had gone to her mother's already. Um, He went upstairs to shower, but when he came out, he realized that their dog Mackenzie was just like chilling in the backyard by herself, which he thought was odd. Um, So it was actually later discovered that a neighbor had found Mackenzie wandering around the neighborhood with her like leash on. Um, And they thought that the dog just got out, so they just put it in the backyard. Um, Scott called his mother-in-law looking for Lacey, but she was not there. And I read a lot of like conflicting reports as to who actually called 911 to report her missing. Some say it was Scott and others said it was like Lacey's stepfather. But anyway, that night around like 530, she was reported missing. So right away, people jumped into action. The police quickly arrived at the Peterson home and noticed a few odd things, mostly that Lacey's keys and her wallet were found inside her purse at their house. Wow. So they quickly realized it was like very unlikely that Lacey left on her own, like she didn't take any of her belongings. Um, The Modesto police and firefighters started a huge search party like the next day, which is now Christmas. 
Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, they used helicopters, police on horseback, bikes, canine units, like everything. Uh, her family was also involved in the search and a lot of volunteers. Within the first two days of her disappearance, they had over 900 volunteers. Something else to note that's like really important in this story is that this like immediately attracted nationwide uh, media attention. Um, Like it was instant. Camera crews were outside the Peterson's home nonstop from Christmas Eve when she was reported missing. But even with all like the cameras and people looking for her, um, there was still no sign of the seven and a half month pregnant Lacey. So very quickly, Scott became an early suspect. I think like everyone knows that statistic, like most times it's the husband or like someone, a loved one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so police reported that they didn't feel like Scott was acting how he should be. They said he wasn't like an emotional wreck. He was kind of calm and they yeah. felt like he didn't ask them a lot of questions. Um, they felt that his priorities were not in the yeah. right place because he got like kind of upset that someone had dinged right, his car right. door like they because there's so many cars and stuff in the driveway like police coming and going and one of them had like dinged his car uh, so they thought that was weird that he would even care about that at a time like this right um, he also refused to take a polygraph test which I have to say like don't ever take a polygraph mm-hmm. test right like they're not scientific yeah. and it's just like yeah. I back I back him on that decision. It's never a good idea yes. to take a polygraph. But I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So it's exactly. like, what are you supposed exactly. to do? And I also will say, like, I was also going to say, like, about his priorities and shit, too. Like, you never know how somebody's going to react to a situation. Right. And, like, you know how, like, there's so much going on in your life. And then, like, you spill a glass of water and you, like, have a meltdown. Like, yeah. maybe that was, like, the mm-hmm. thing with, with his car. It's, like focused on the car because of all these emotions like yeah this is me being neutral by the way yes Um, and like I just have to say on that point too is I am someone who doesn't react well in stressful situations like I have been around three different people while they are choking oh and I do I I don't help them I yell at them and get mad and like should I go to jail because I didn't help my brother when he's choking on state right (laughs) I mean, you just you know, don't know. Yeah. It doesn't make me a great person. <laughs> yeah. I get up and leave the table. I like calmly, I just get silent and I just and leave. Yeah. Like I just get up and I leave. And they're like, what do you think that's gonna do? I was like, I can't do anything. I'd rather not yeah. be there when they die. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just so like bad, but it's just he was from I mean it comes out. He spoiler alert, he's a terrible person, but like from from the first second that like he wasn't sobbing people were like he's guilty he is terrible um and then also like people felt that he came across very like aloof in the media like Lacey's family repeatedly spoke out to like different news sources and stuff or like begging for like her safe return all this stuff and Scott kind of like stood in the background and he wasn't really willing to be interviewed and make appearances. That's a Which, good like, sign. I go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, don't you want to find your wife? But also, like, from day one, they were like, you killed her. Right. So, yeah. 
it honestly side note he sounds like uh him and the ben affleck's character from gone, gone girl, girl. The same person my same thought Ali, literally the same <laughs> i thing. watched so i just watched gone girl like a couple weeks over winter break or like christmas break i've never seen yeah. it before and i didn't realize like how much that movie was based off this like even the bar like oh yeah yeah they moved back to hometown right and yeah like it was just so i'm like okay and, and scott peterson looks like ben affleck looks exactly he's like, like him like he's, he's, the poor, the movie. he's the poor man's ben affleck <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um read, so read the book if you haven't also gone girl read the book really? if you have not it's so good oh i got to i'm gonna put that on my good reads yeah. um, not not sponsored <laughs> But if you want to, let me know. <laughs> yeah. But we uh, fully endorse Ben Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> Team Benifer. Um, so then, you know, as we're talking about him not looking so great in January of that year, a woman named Amber Frey mm. came forward to police to let them know that she had been dating Scott for the past two months. She did not know that he was married when she met him, and she didn't find out until she saw the news. She told police that at one point in November, so like a month before Lacey went missing, um, she had suspected that he was married and confronted him about it, and he told her that he had lost his wife and that this would be the first holiday without her yikes red flag coincidence (laughs) yeah yeah so from this point on um the police worked with amber to record all of their conversations and while scott never said anything that like fully incriminated him on these calls they definitely made him look pretty bad and um personally the worst one i think was just minutes before Scott attended the New Year's Eve candlelight vigil for his missing wife and child. Um, He was on the phone with Amber and he told her that he was in Paris with his made up friends, Pasquale and Francois. (laughs) Okay, I didn't know he named the friends. Yeah, like he was in it. He like his friends were from life. France like yeah. he's like oh they work here we got lunch here today I'm flying yeah. back on United tomorrow here's my flight yeah. number <laughs> yeah my, he... my driver at the airport's <laughs> name is Joe like he he, he planned everything didn't he like don't they sorry say, if you're gonna lie like don't give too many details because that's <laughs> get like caught up and I don't know but like specific French details he even yes. came up with yeah, he was, com- he was committed to this lie. Um, so then, that was January. In March of 2003, still no sign of Lacey, right? Um, but the police reclassified this case from a missing persons to a homicide. Uh, they didn't say why, but they did say they had increasingly come to believe that Lacey is the victim of a violent crime. So (laughs) then on April 13, 2003, a couple was out on a walk with their dog at Richmond's Point Isabel Regional Shoreline Park, a mouthful, near San Francisco (laughs) Bay. They came across the decomposing but well-preserved 
body of a male fetus. One day later, yeah, one day later, another person found the body of a recently pregnant woman that had washed up on shore one mile away from where the baby was found. The woman, um, yeah, the woman had been decapitated and her limbs were missing. Oh, I like really don't remember parts of this story. Yeah. So like I try not to think about it too much because it bothers me, but I don't remember like the circumstances of them finding her. Well, yeah, I feel like a lot of it was just like how bad of a person he was and no one actually yeah. like, knew the details of what had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so on April 18th, which is my sister's birthday and our friend Camille's birthday, um, DNA tests concluded that the bodies that were found were those of Lacey and her son, who she had planned to, planned to name Connor. Um, according to the autopsy results, the exact date and cause of Lacey's death could not be determined. And still to this day, they have no idea what her cause of death was. Oh um, Lacey's torso had been emptied of inter- internal organs except for the uterus, which uh, protected the fetus. And that's why there was a lower level of decomp on Connor. Um, so the day the remains were confirmed to be Lacey and Connor's, Scott was arrested. Mm. And I will say, something that also doesn't look good for Scott was when he was arrested um he was found like he had dyed his hair a different color he had yeah he like bleached it yeah how old was he uh I'm not sure 30 or she was 27 so he had to be like 30 or something Okay. Wait, she was 27. Gray. Yeah. Wait, she was 27. Why in my head I'm thinking she's like in her mid to late 30s. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because like that's crazy. Like because I'm I'm getting older and she stayed the same age and like it's so weird. Yeah. To think. Yeah, it's so sad. Um, so like he had dyed his hair. I said he had like cash in his car. He had a lot of like there was a lot of clothing in his car. He had 12 Viagra pills. Um, so like people said it looked like he was trying to escape. Like he also had like his brother's, his license and his brother's license. Um, but like his family said that he was actually like living in his car because he couldn't go home. And like everywhere he went, there was like people following him. So that's why he had all that stuff. And like he had dyed his hair to try to like get away from the media because this was also pretty late into the investigation and like everyone thought he was guilty like um nancy like remember like nancy grace (laughs) she like made it her mission to like put him in jail um i had like found this one article that said how um this was at a time where like news was it was like 24 hour news right and it was like um and people really cared more about ratings than yeah, um, that's true. Than like mm. actually reporting like facts. That's a good point. That's a really yeah, good point. that makes sense. Right? Sounds uh, like not much has changed. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so they said that he had like was trying to camouflage himself because he was being like followed everywhere, and that he had his brother's ID because he was trying to go golfing. Um. 
and get a discount or something. I don't what? know. So they had excuses for it. So whether he was trying to flee or he, it was all, or he's just trying to get the golf discount. We don't yes. know. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's okay. On the budget. <laughs> now that, now that we're months out from this, the priority of him trying to get a golf discount, that doesn't add up now yes. that we're, yes. now that we have been able to process it. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's definitely, he's definitely shady. He's not a good person. There's no doubt. There's yeah. no denying he's terrible. Um, so he was arrested. In June of 2004, June 1st, his trial started. The prosecution's opening statement was pretty much that Scott wanted a responsibility-free life. And so he killed his wife and soon-to-be-born son and dumped her weighted body into the bay. The next day, it was the defense turn to do their like opening arguments. And they argued that, yes, Scott was a sewer rat of a person and husband, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you're a killer. And they offered um, a preview of like medical evidence that pointed to Connor, the baby, being born after Lacey's reported disappearance. Um, so then there was a whole bunch of like drama in the trial. Like, obviously, there was, like I said, news crews everywhere and um a uh, juror was actually removed because he was seen speaking to Lacey's brother outside of the courtroom, which is like a no, no. Mm -hmm. um, and then like there had been another um, juror that was dismissed because she didn't, she wasn't like fully honest in her interviews. And it had turned out that like she, at one point she was pregnant and was like beaten by a boyfriend. So they said that like, that doesn't make yeah. for like a, yeah. Like you have too close to yeah, home. Like it hits yeah, like it's too close to home. Yeah. Um, you can wait. You can take this out if you want. But um, yeah. was the jury selection like really, really hard because like of the media coverage and everything? Like, did they have to get sequestered and stuff? And they didn't get sequestered from what I could find, but they did move. It's just one of those things. It's like I don't understand why you can't move it to a different state. Maybe because like right. laws and stuff. But right. they moved it like ninety miles away from Modesto, which is still pretty close. Like yeah, it's yeah. close. Um, and it was just everywhere. There was yeah, it was like the like only nationwide. thing on the news that yeah, that there was no way of getting people that didn't hear about it. Yeah. Um. So in October of two thousand four. Um, the defense brought in this medical expert, right? And he testified based on uh, when Lacey had told her friends she took a at-home pregnancy test and then also the autopsy report. Um, he said that Connor Peterson died no earlier than December 29th. So if that's true, that shows wow. that he, um, Lacey died after she was reported missing um, yeah. or I mean like was still alive when she yeah. was reported missing whoa so like that was and people were kind of like oh like what like that right there because from the 24th on Scott was not like going off and hiding a body or like you know he was being yeah. watched constantly um and so this alone should have been able to clear him but the expert was like kind of flaky and like very nervous like clearly nervous on the stands and um the prosecutors when they were interviewing him he kind of like started getting flustered 
And at one point he was like, cut me a break. Like he was like stumbling over his words and stuff. So people were just like, oh, they didn't really take him as seriously as he should have been taken because he wasn't like a great witness or like a great, like he did terrible Mm -hmm. on the stand. Yeah, Even they need what to, he was saying was like would have cleared accurate. him. They, yeah. they should have. They should have reasons why I should be a lawyer. I guess they should have gotten <laughs> like a second opinion. Like you always get a second yeah. opinion. Get another expert that can competently speak. Yeah, and I guess what Damn. they were saying, the prosecutors were saying that like, I, I I'm gonna I I have the date written down somewhere I can find it, but like, she told friends that she took the pregnancy test on like October 9th or something like that, right? And they were like, well, how come there's no medical records that say October 9th? And he was like, well, because, and he started getting flustered that way. Like, right. was like but he wasn't, I guess the point was like, you, when you take an at-home pregnancy test, there's not a doctor standing there watching, recording right. that. Yeah. So yeah. there was no like paperwork that backed up that statement, I guess. But they like when, when they looked at like the body of the fetus they were able to determine that he didn't die before December 29th so yeah like I guess like by if the October 9th was the correct date that she found out she was pregnant and then how far along he was developed it meant that like yeah he died the latest or the earliest he died was the 29th not again that's only that's only like five days off that's less than a week like how much development could have happened within five days like you know like pregnant women they on social media they post like oh he's the size of a tomato today you know what I mean like I know they do it weekly but like even at that point because what he was supposed to be due in February so how quickly could he have grown yeah so I'm obviously I'm not a medical professional so like I don't know but like yeah this guy kind of fell apart Mm. on the stand and so this was like their big like they thought (laughs) they thought that this was going to be their big breakthrough moment but their witness kind of like fell apart so it just like didn't really work out for them how they like hoped it would um so then in November it was time for the jury to start to deliberate and it took them about seven days with a total of 30 hours um, and the jury found Scott Peterson guilty of first first degree murder in the death of Lacey Peterson and second degree murder in the death of Connor Peterson. And Scott received the death penalty for these charges. But actually in 2021, just a couple months ago, a California Superior Court judge ruled that Peterson would be resentenced to life in prison in prison without the possibility of parole um so he no longer is on death row do we Um, know like why why they changed their mind i think it's like a state law it's something that like california is doing they haven't executed anyone since 2006 Mm -hmm. um so they're like re-looking at all the um all the people and stuff and they're and scott also has um like has been trying to get a new trial based on like all the stuff with the jury and like his lawyer there was a lot of stuff so he's still trying to um fight for a yeah yeah, appeal for a new case um so that's that right like he's guilty so i just want to throw out there like what if he didn't do it 
right? So that like, was going to be my question. Like, how did they like, okay, yeah, he dumped her body, but like, what were the yes. details? Like, how did yes, he do right? the boat? Did he, is there someone else that could have been a possibility if it wasn't him? Like, there's so many other questions. Yeah. So I would just like to bring up a few things that made me question the jury's decision, which is right where you're, where you're thinking, right? Okay. <laughs> the thing that I struggled the most with in this case is that almost a hundred percent of the evidence is circumstantial evidence. And I had no idea what that meant. And actually, um, Nan, I saw a clip of like Nancy Grace talking about this case. And that's what they were saying. Like, you know, it's all circumstantial evidence. And she was like, you can go into a basement with no windows. And it was sunny outside when you left. And when you come out, the floor is wet. And you can conclude that it was raining when you were down there. Like, so like all the, ev- like it, the ground, it, you went out, you were outside, it's sunny. You go inside, come back out and it's wet your mind says, okay, it rained. That's pretty much like what this case was. Yeah. Um, There was only one piece of physical evidence presented by the prosecution. And it was a single strand of hair belonging to Lacey that was discovered on Scott's boat. Okay, but they're married. Yes, yeah, (laughs) like- to me, did, that did Lacey did Lacey often go out on fishing right. trips with Scott? So she had been to see the boat before. So there so like, was like, was she in the boat? When was she in the boat? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's like one of those things that it just yeah. puts just because a piece of hair is somewhere doesn't mean. Right. And I actually think now I read I heard something on another podcast where, um, like current trials and like new trials, hair is not like a valid piece of evidence anymore because like one you can't get like enough dna something like that and also the rate of transference is like really high so this is like it's not illogical to think is that a word illogical yeah illogical it's not like crazy to think that someone who lived i mean look at my sweater i have dog hair all over right I, I lose hair someone. like I have so many stragglers like George will be in his bed a week later like pulling like stragglers like from my hair. hair yeah so it was one single strand of hair that was found so that to me doesn't I'm not yeah I'm not like, oh, no blood nothing um like it just showed and it was her boat too like she technically owned it yeah. uh, and then speaking of this boat I remember hearing about this case and being I, like just picturing exactly what is happening and I'm trying so hard right now well, I just hate the boat the boat shit is what kills me inside I well I just remember hearing about this case and like in my mind thinking that like it was a bigger boat than it was and it's yeah. really just like a little dinghy it's like it literally it's like a metal little can with a little motor on the back oh what yeah it's just picturing like an actual boat no it's it's like like the one with like the seat like the cushion seat like i'm like i don't know that you like yeah yeah, it's literally it was literally like a rowboat with a motor motor. yeah 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 so how would you um, be able to kill someone on that so yeah so that's that's what people are saying like um a lot of people have tried to recreate like what the prosecutor uh so the prosecutor said that scott weighted down Lacey's body like put tied weights to her and threw her overboard, brought her out to the bay. First of all, also like this happened in the middle of the day. So no one saw that, but um, <laughs> people have tried to recreate this and every time it fails, the boat is so unstable. 
um, they said like Scott was like 200 pounds. Lacey was like 153 pounds or something. So they were like that amount of weight moving around would cause the boat to like take on water or flip. And it's just like not a realistic, um, it's not like realistic to think that he was able right. to throw her entire body overboard yeah yeah like dead weight too like it's not like she jumped you know um so that is just like iffy to me and then can I just can I just throw this out there really really quick um they found her decapitated and like with missing limbs that doesn't mean her entire body went overboard because if she was chopped up that doesn't mean he was throwing over 153 pounds that is true but to mm-hmm. that i say where was her blood uh he cleaned we don't know rebecca you're better than that so then something else that is just insane to me is that the police literally never looked into any other possibility other than scott yeah that's that's a big thing like i was thinking like you know, when you th- think of all these cases where, like, they're going after one person and... It's like tunnel vision. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, well, if it's not this person, what other options do we have? We're just going to, like, if he's not found guilty, we're just going to be like, okay, that's Oops. it. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. 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 Um, so they seem to suspect him very early on and didn't follow up on any other leads that they got. And they got a lot of leads. Um. Within a week after Lacey went missing, 12 different neighbors called the police to report that they had seen Lacey the morning of December 24th walking their dog, walking her dog. Wow. I mean, um, that would make sense with finding the dog. Like someone could have literally just like drove past her with a van and scooped her in and the yeah. dog and yeah. just went. Um, during the week after, so during that week, they only followed up with three of those 12 people and never in person they just like called them on the phone and like didn't there's like no record of actually like a like a physical lead or like um like they didn't write any reports about it um not a single witness was witness was asked to show the police where they saw Lacey. um neighbors also reported that the morning Lacey disappeared Right across the street from their house, there was a white van um, parked outside of their neighbor's house and men were going in and out of that house. And the family that that house belonged to was away on vacation. So when the family returned, they called the police to report that they had been robbed. Uh, When the police were asked about this event, the poss- and, and the possibility that Lacey had confronted the men or seen them in the act, like it was her across the street neighbor. Right. The cops all of a sudden were like, that happened after Christmas. That didn't happen Christmas Eve. When literally they had like reports saying that. I thought it was it Christmas happened. Eve. And if you remember me telling you, there was news crews outside of the Peterson's house 24 hours a day. Right, that's true. Someone else would have seen them after that. Yep, in one of the documentaries I watched, this guy was like, I was just starting my news career and I was literally camped outside that house. And according to the police timeline, like I would have been there when this robbery was happening. 
Right. And I'm a news person. I would have, yeah, <laughs> I would have, have noticed. Like, like, I see a robbery, right. I'm going to look like, oh, what are you doing? Whatever. Right. So I just like thought that was really weird. And it's even weirder that they didn't follow up anything with that um, because a lieutenant who worked at a California prison called the Modesto police to report a monitored phone conversation that he heard um, with one of their inmates. Um, the inmate had a brother who lived in Modesto. And on this call, the brother told the inmate that Lacey had confronted the burglars who were robbing the house directly across the street from where she lived. The house was in fact robbed the day Lacey went missing. This conversation was, was recorded by the prison. Not only has the Modesto Police Department never handed over any follow-up from this um, tip, but the tape has also been lost. Of course it has. Uh, Hold on, wait. Who is the guy that called the inmate in prison? Um, It was the inmate's brother. So he was one of the, he was saying. He he burglarized the house? Yeah, he actually was ended up, I think he was like arrested. And they, the, uh, when they arrested him, him and this other guy who were robbing the house, mm-hmm. um, the first thing they said is we didn't have anything to do with that pregnant lady. Oh, oh really? Thanks for letting us know. And, no, and then they never off the list. Yeah, <laughs> and then they okay, never, they never questioned them again after yeah. that initial questioning from the robbery. Nope, there oh was never God. any um, like connections made between um, the two, like police lies tisk tisk yeah um another thing that stands out to me is reports from the autopsy of connor and lacy when lacy's body was found parts of her limbs including her head were missing and plastic tape was wrapped around the neck of the baby her body was so decomposed that the cause of death couldn't be determined but tape was also found on Lacey's lower torso. This, like, I think it's like the same tape that was on the baby mm-hmm. um, on the outside of her clothing. A forensic pathologist said her limbs were probably removed before she was put into the water, which I, I guess would make it easier to throw off a dinghy. Right. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, because the baby's skin wasn't that decomposed, they believed that he stayed in the mother's womb up until days before um, they were found. And it, this is so disgusting, but it's called a coffin birth. I think um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when a fetus is expelled from the body of a woman who died while pregnant. Yeah. Um, so that's why he would have the tape there. And yeah. That- that yeah. also explains why that medical guy was like he didn't die before the 29th because like aren't like even if Lacey did die like on the day she went missing wouldn't the baby like stay alive for a little bit in the womb because of all yes. like, the nutrients and everything so that's what they there was another um person who came forward and like off the off the autopsy said that in um Connor's bowels there was this thing which is pretty much like it happens sometimes like it's like the first like release of fecal matter that a baby gives off after birth Mm. so it was like he ingested it Um, Mm. so that they think that he stayed alive after Lacey did for like because seven and a half months is still like a viable pregnancy 
yeah. they can like live. Um, so it was just all just like very odd and like they couldn't really tell anything from her, like from the remains. Um, and also near where Lacey's body was found, there was also this like plastic bag um, and it didn't have any um, like DNA on it, but the detective who found it said it, it had a smell of like decomposition in it. So like they think that it could have been like a clue, but it was never like processed or like um, they never like took it into evidence. Oh my God. Are they just worried they're going to like run out of storage? Like, I don't know I why know. doing it's more. Like, and also like, did they just like have every police officer in their department just watching Scott Peterson? Like, yeah. w- w- did none of them do anything else besides just like stare at him for months? Yeah. Like, I found this one hell? article that said the Modesto Police Department had like over $4 million to investigate this case. And they really don't know what they spent it on because like they should have, like, I guess ideally you have like a detective dedicated to following up with any calls that come in, even if it's turned out to be false. And I mean, by all means, I fully understand that by me not thinking Scott Peterson is like 100% guilty, I'm like acknowledging that he's the most unlucky man on the earth. Like, he was so bad he is such a bad person right he had cheated on his wife multiple times and all this stuff but like that doesn't mean that you're a killer there's plenty of people who cheat on their spouses and don't murder and like (sighs) what's crazy to think about with this case too is like if he did kill her and they just like really didn't do a good job of investigating the case like imagine if this happened now I feel like we would have had an answer yes or no about him yeah like almost well, immediately like Chris the, Watts exactly that's what yeah. I was gonna reference yeah that's exactly what I was gonna reference yeah. because it's pretty much the same situation and he was caught nearly immediately so it's crazy to think about like the difference it could have made if this happened later yeah what, like so 15 year yeah. difference like we've like like yeah. well, there's yeah. just so much information about this case and for everything I read that shows he's guilty I read something else that could show that he's innocent so I really don't I really can't say like obviously I can't say for certain that he's innocent or guilty I just no matter what I think the case was handled in a like inappropriately Mm -hmm. and um that I don't think he was given a fair trial he was guilty the second they said he was like he was on the news and didn't cry or like Mm -hmm. um so I mean to be put in jail you're supposed to what is it like guilty without reasonable doubt or right innocent so proven guilty yeah like I just I'm not fully convinced that he's guilty or not guilty but I am convinced that he wasn't given a fair trial um I would agree and it's just it's just terrible how are his appeals going because like uh, I mean I also agree like the trial was totally mishandled I mean the whole case is mishandled but like I find it hard to believe that he hasn't been granted an appeal though like I wonder why that hasn't happened yet because I mean all this went down in like 2004 like why has he not had another trial I think part like a lot of it has to do with like who was representing him and like at first when he was arrested, he couldn't have, because they were having financial troubles as well. Um, 
and like I he said that he couldn't afford a defense lawyer so they got like a public defender Mm -hmm. and then this like celebrity um lawyer came forward who had like represented Winona Ryder which is like shoplifting and like some other like celebrity who was like getting into trouble came forward and like wanted like a high profile case so Mm -hmm. it was like did they actually represent him right and um yeah and now like now they don't want anything to do with him because he's guilty whatever they did their job they don't want to admit that they could be wrong yeah so I think a lot of it is um maybe him not having proper resources earlier or um, making bad decisions and when did they did they say like because you know people were saying that they saw her in the morning and if they saw her in the morning he would have been at work or something but when did they originally think that she died the night before yeah the night before so they were saying um like she was dead when he went when he went to work when he went to yeah the warehouse in the morning okay okay Um, and he said like he would have like dumped her and stuff like that night yeah okay that makes sense well I mean if it happened yeah yeah so at the end of the day no one knows anything and I this is another thing like when I die I can't wait to find out like I know there's so many things I want to know (laughs) like Amelia Earhart Scott Peterson I was just gonna say Lacey the murder of Lacey Peterson and JonBenet like I just need to know those two yeah and and Delphi but I mean we don't we might soon that one though I I have faith that one will be solved in my lifetime yeah I think Um, there's been there's been talks about about like the case getting more traction yeah. yeah yeah snapchat um so like kind of wrap this one up there's something else that I would like to bring up uh, this case is a, obviously extremely well known uh, but something I found during my research um, was that there was a lot of other pregnant women who were murdered or yes. missing yes. around the same I do time remember reading about that recently and they, yeah they never got a fraction of the amount of attention that Lacey did mm-hmm. um and I think this is something that I think for like our podcast, we should probably try to be like thinking about too, is like Lacey was a beautiful white woman in America. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And a lot of the other women around this time, and I mean, we're guilty of it. I just did this whole thing about her, right? But um, a lot of the other women were minorities mm-hmm. and the similarities are so similar so I'm just it's like eerily eerily similar so I'm just gonna briefly tell you because there's also it's sad that I can only tell you a brief amount about this case but there's nothing like you can't find anything on the internet about it so um in May of the same year that Lacey disappeared Evelyn Hernandez was working as a vocational nurse and was expecting her second child uh, by her boyfriend Herman Aguilera no relation to Christina. <laughs> um, on May 1st, Evelyn, her five-year-old son, Alexis, and her unborn baby all went missing. It was said that Evelyn dropped off her son at daycare, ran some errands, and then that's it. No one ever saw them again. On May 7th, which was Evelyn's due date, her boyfriend reported her missing. Evelyn had talked on the phone with her sisters the night before she disappeared and was so happy and excited to welcome her new son. Police originally put forward the theory that Evelyn left on her own accord to 
give birth in peace. Uh, whatever. Yeah. What? How would they that. know? How would they exactly. know? Have they ever given birth in their life? Probably not. Exactly. Um, this theory was quickly dismissed for a few reasons. She was not fluent in English, which would have made it difficult for her to just up and move anywhere. Um, her and her son's passports were found at, in their home. So it's not like she could have gone back to her um, native country of El Salvador. Right. Yeah. And um, days later, her wallet, still with cash inside, was found at a nearby gas station. Um, in July of 2002, a few months later, badly decomposing human remains were found in the San Francisco Bay. Oh my God. They were tested and confirmed to be those of 24 year old Evelyn Hernandez. Alexis or the baby, her son Alexis or the baby, had never been found and no arrests have ever been made. There was a total of four articles in the local newspaper about Evelyn at the time of her disappearance, not one of them being on the front page. He also, her boyfriend was married and like, so he was like cheating on his wife and stuff. So like, it's just, they're literally the exact same story, except one was an immigrant to America and one was not. Yeah. Um, 1998, Jeanette uh, Espeleta was eight months pregnant. At the time she was last seen, remains have never been found. No arrests have ever been made in her disappearance. 2001, Angelina Joy Evans went missing. She was last seen walking around midnight when a black pickup truck pulled up to her and she got in. She was eight months pregnant. She left behind five children, was (gasps) never seen again. No remains have ever been found. No arrests have been made. And there's a lot, there was like a lot more. There's just like no yeah. information on any of these women. And I'm just sad because they all deserve more. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. And so do their like children, terrible. like that poor woman yeah. had five other children yeah. and they never had answers. Yeah. It's just so terrible. I can't even like imagine like never getting answers for something like that from my own mom. Yeah. And even like, it's just so sad, like Lacey Peterson, right? Like her family has no idea how she died. Why? Like, yeah, if God no did it, he first. never, he has never fessed up to it. He is re- like, right. Remain bleeding innocent. And there needs to be know. like a renewed attention. And like, not that I'm saying, like, I hope they take it back to court, but like, I hope they take it back to court. So I just yeah. like get some renewed energy. Maybe there's more answers and people with that haven't been brought on the case for like a yeah. new set of eyes because like even if he did it even if he didn't do it we like they deserve to know the definite truth yeah i don't know it's so sad and like it's just it's terrible to think too that like we were saying before if he comes back not guilty all of the resources that were wasted focusing all of their attention on this and yeah. people got away with it yeah 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 that's what kills me with like a lot of those cases like even Elisa Lamb, like, you know, like it could have gone either way. We will probably never know, but if it wasn't just like a mental health thing that she was going through in an accident, then like someone's getting away with murder and we'll never know unless someone else dies in similar circumstances. It's so crazy. Did you ever see, um, what's that movie with Shailene Woodley and she's like, 
it's not the hunger it's like the hunger games what is it called oh, divergent uh, yeah divergent. in one of those movies they just inject this like truth stuff into people and it like hurts them when they lie yeah and i wish that was a real thing <laughs> well we could do that you could have just, to tell or, the truth they, i just smack them or like <laughs> put, put them in a room with, <laughs> put them in a room with Allie for a couple hours <laughs> or My like hands be like Right, right. Like Pino- Pinocchio, his nose yeah. just grows. Yeah, that's that's a less aggressive version of that, but like something needs to be done. Right. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, final so final uh verdict. What do you guys think? One at a time, Rebecca. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's guilty. He's guilty. I'm going to say mistrial because I can't decide. Yeah, I would say the same. Like, I I can't say he's innocent or guilty, but I think there's a lot of a random amount of evidence that just doesn't add up at all. I mean, there's there's so much reasonable doubt, but like, yes, I, right. I, you know how passionate I am about <laughs> these things. So it's like. I need somebody to blame and this could be like the worst reasoning ever but I'm standing by it I need somebody to blame he's right there just like the media did I I am the same I needed somebody to blame I need somebody to be mad at and he fits right he fits and he's also a terrible right person that's what I was gonna say even if you didn't even if you didn't need to blame him for the death like you can blame him for being a shitty ass person and he's he's responsible for global warming too probably yeah yeah 100% actually the one thing that I do like keep going back to is like he's clearly not that smart if he's you know he's terrible I think Lacey did know that he was it came out that like she knew that he was cheating yeah. like he wasn't good at hiding I mean you come up with a friend oh I'm going to Pasquale, Pasquale. He's so and Francois it, yeah come on bro like um making a murderer you watch that like yeah where they were like yeah he shot her in this garage that looks like a hoarder's dream house <laughs> and cleaned every speck of blood off of every nook and crack. okay right. wait sarah no, who is more who's more unlucky scott oh, peterson no. or stephen avery stephen avery's more unlucky scott peterson is just i think it's karma for being a bad person yeah Stephen Avery's just the dumbest, unluckiest man. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, God. <sighs> I feel stress. Well, good job. That, yeah, that you did it wasn't really as well. bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I was proud of myself that I was you pretty good. neutral up until the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did good. I still say you're pretty neutral. Like, I... I would you hope- both you you both are the definition of neutral. You yeah. said, I don't know, mistrial. <laughs> well, it's like, <laughs> it's I true, hope true. that the guy responsible is in jail and like that's all I can hope for and I just I can't say it's definite but I just would hope that they got the right person me too and he's gonna get what he deserves well we'll know when we die right yeah I fucking hope so (laughs) (sighs) go on (laughs) that's the end noise yeah (laughs) Um, well, keep us posted if you have covid yeah, yeah. feel better yeah thank you definitely 
Sources for this episode include AltaOnline.com, TheMorbidLibrary.com, CharlieProject.org, RollingStone.com, Biography.com, CNN.com, and ScottPetersonAppeal.org.